Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going wonderful. Uh, not joining us as always is listener Jess, who won the chance to be our special <laughs> guest. Welcome, Jess. Hi. Thanks for having me. We are delighted. Um, so today we are chatting about Whiteout by Adriana Anders, and later we are going to get to know Jess a little bit better. But first, Mom, Jess, what have you been reading and watching? Let Jess go first. Oh, gosh. Um, my husband and I got really into the Great British Bake Off. As, and I as think you do. Um, we, there. <laughs> we watched all of the seasons that of the competition part that are available on Netflix. So like 80 episodes over the yeah. course of a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was so great. And Best. we just finished watching the queen's gambit, love which that. was actually really good. <laughs> yeah. And the guilt, I, I hate calling things guilty pleasures, but we got into watching the masked singer. And oh. it's such <laughs> silly silly show but I've heard I've never I've never watched it but honestly I have like I'm like I'm I'm why am I so interested in who the reveal was you know because even just on social media they're very good at like making that riveting it is it is such a silly show and the crowd reaction shots they give are amazing you would think people were listening to life-changing musical performances yeah way over the top so yeah that's that's what uh we have been watching um reading I've been reading and listening to everything I average about a book a day so gosh gosh. you should be doing a podcast yeah no freaking kidding so I'm trying to think what I've read recently that um was a I already <laughs> yeah I'm trying to think now what uh I I'm part of a book club and we just did a fiction book called The Authenticity Project by Claire Pooley and that was pretty interesting and good but for the most part I read romance and I read Accidentally Engaged by Farah Heron. Oh, how did you like that? I liked it actually. Mm-hmm. Um I, I liked all the food descriptions (laughs) and stuff. I think either you like it or you don't, you know, it's one of those things, but the, um, heroine to relieve stress and, you know, be happy with her life. She bakes and cooks and Mm -hmm. it just all sounds fantastic. Um, so I, I liked that. Um, it is very mom friendly. So (laughs) if you're looking for, something that is a little bit more closed door. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else have I, I'm now just pulling up my list. I read love at first by Kate Claiborne. Oh, her new one did an ad for that last week. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't How did you like it? So, I actually really, really loved it. I thought it, it sounded was good. such a good love story and romance. And there's a great cast of supporting characters. Um, there's a lot of Romeo and Juliet references. So if that's sort of your thing. Um, so those are two that stick out. Oh, and I finally have read 
a Court of Thorns and Roses, oh. the, the first three books now. So, oh, okay. I was going to say, you yep. need to read the second one if you have <laughs> yeah, in and of the first oh, yeah. as a dive <laughs> yeah. because those are long books. Yeah. They, yeah, those took those took some time to read, but got through. How those. was because did you read? The, oh, yeah, you did read the third one. I read all three. Yeah, I, I read, read I read the third. I haven't read the novella that comes after and I haven't read the newest one about the sister, but yeah, book two is by far the best out of the three. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I've been reading lately. Awesome. Awesome. Those are good. Well, you've done a lot. I haven't read anything else this week (laughs) other than other than our book. And because we're recording a little earlier than we normally do. Um, that's all we got read this week. So, yeah. And the like, 500 pages of this one were yeah. daunting to us so well but we then like the last chunk of it was a novella a novella unattached to the story so right yeah um and then watching i don't know we haven't really been watching much since last we spoke seems like we watched something and i thought this will be embarrassing to say on the podcast <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i watch, i've been watching a lot of like youtube drama stuff but i don't need to get into that here I don't know. We haven't watched much because we've been reading a lot this week. Yeah, and doing other stuff. We went to the park and things with what? We kids. went outside. We went outside. It's actually <laughs> lovely here. So we have been outside quite a bit this week. But um yeah, so we're we're boring this week. So it's a good thing we have you here with good us. Thing you're here because <laughs> we got nothing. Yeah. We're we're totally boring. Um okay. Today, we are going to be talking about Wide Out by Adriana Anders. Anders, Anders, I don't know. Uh, it is the first book in her Survival Instinct series. The second book, Uncharted, is set to come out this August. There's also a novella featured in the anthology called Turn the Tide that features a story about Eric and Zoe for anybody. Like a pre-story about his Yeah, because they were talking about Eric and Zoe like they had a book. And I'm like, it has to be out there somewhere. <laughs> I actually looked it up too. Yeah. Cause they, you know, we yeah. know when there's been a book about someone mm-hmm. and they definitely had a book about them yeah. at some point. Um, okay. Here's the back cover description for white out angel Smith is ready to leave Antarctica for a second chance at life. But on what was meant to be her final day, the research station is attacked, hunted and scared. She and glaciologist, glaciologist, uh, Ford Cooper barely make it out with their lives only to realize that in a place this remote, there's nowhere left to run isolated in the middle of a long frozen winter with a madman at their heels. They must fight to survive in the most inhospitable and beautiful place on earth. But the outside world depends on what Ford and angel know. And as their pursuers close in and their new partnership burns bright and hot, they will stop at nothing to make it out of the cold alive. Okay. Mom, Jess, what did you think of White Out? Start Jess, with Jess. because We're going to let you go first. <laughs> okay. I actually really liked it. It was not a love. There, I have some issues that I'm sure we'll get into, but I actually really liked it. And I thought it was very cinematic. Like yes. I could picture it as a movie yeah, as I was absolutely. reading it. Me too. So. I have that in my notes that I was yeah. like... <laughs> I t- definitely, especially a lot of, yeah, most of it, actually, I was going to say, mm-hmm. especially a lot of the stuff when they're well, kind a of lot of the action through. and yeah, right. But mm-hmm. even yeah, towards the end when it gets kind of bonkers all over the place. Um, mom, what'd you think? I loved this book. Loved it. There's so. a couple things. I felt the end got a little, um, it's totally, I was mm-hmm. worst when- book I to see, you know, cause it's 
the end starts setting up the other books, but, and it got a little away from the, from her, I think, but I love the story. I was there for the action. I told Ellen, I said, this is the first book in a long time that I've read that when I put it down, it's like, I want to be reading it again because it just like the story was really engrossing. It's definitely like mm-hmm. when, when I was reading it and you were loving it, I'm like, mom needs to read more romantic suspense. Cause yeah. it's definitely like yeah. your sub genre. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more a really like, uh, I, I really We'll we'll get more into it, but I loved the stuff towards the beginning when they were kind of mm-hmm. tracing through the Arctic and all this stuff. But I think it kind of falls apart a bit for me in the end, personally. I think it gets a little too zany and kind of all over the place where I'm like, okay, <laughs> what is going I, on? Yeah. I yeah, I agree. I think the last quarter of the book is where it kind of fell off for me yeah because I think it was it was leading up to being like a five-star read until that last bit for me well I told Ellen because at like 65 percent on the book I was reading the climax and I'm like what else is going to happen in this story (laughs) and um I don't know I don't know if you read ebook or not but I actually picked it up from the library because I wanted to make sure that I focused in and I put a couple flags but I, I knew that there was a novella at the end because my mom also reads romance with me and she read it before me. So she warned me that, that it looks it's longer not than... actually 500 pages. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were worried about that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just the ending kind of, and we'll, we'll get into it. We're going to get into it because I have thoughts. Um, okay. What did we think of Angel as our heroine? Thoughts? I I liked her. I thought she showed a lot of grit and determination. And I liked that even though she had, you know, as you find out that she had gone through some pretty awful things in her life back in, I think it was Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. And that she knew she needed to make a change for herself. So where can you go but Antarctica? Of course, <laughs> of course. You know? Nowhere else. You <laughs> have to go to Antarctica. Was, when they were talking about this, I'm like, how does that? How does someone find this gig? Like, right? <laughs> like they just like post Craigslist you know? ad or something. <laughs> well, it might have been. Yeah, it might have been. I guess. But, um, I loved her, and the thing I really loved is that she is like the badass heroine of the story, and she ends up like saving him, saving him. Mm-hmm. And not wait, not waiting around for him to come and save her. And I loved all of that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, she had she had guts. Um, I love that at least in his POV, he recognizes that his own preconceived notions about her, like she ends up proving to be inaccurate, right? And right. um, and that she kind of got to prove to him that he was wrong and like pretty early on he realizes wow she's much more than I thought I like to think if I were in a similar situation I would also just be kind of like yep let's do what we got to do I'd like to think that I would never ever ever be in that situation (laughs) (laughs) mom would never go to Antarctica yeah no I I yeah I think in her situation there's two types of people really the ones who rise to the occasion and the ones who fall apart completely and I liked that she always rose to the occasion. There was never moments where you were like, oh, come on, just pull it together. No, like yeah. do what you can. Um, yeah. And 
I mean, I guess, right, the series is called Survival Instinct. <laughs> so she had that. She yeah. was a survivor. Mm-hmm. And even when she was faltering, it was like, yeah, I get it, homegirl. Like, that is rough. <laughs> right. Like, I would, does not sound pleasant in any of it. <laughs> None of it. No. Um, so, well, yeah. The sex didn't sound bad. The sex, yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. <laughs> the, the, but the, the rest of it through seemed horrible. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I liked her, um, and I know some of the listeners said this, and I also feel this way about both of them. I thought it was kind of strange that we got both of their backstories, um, like only in POV, and like neither of they them never ever anything. told the other person. Well, and she never found that- out like what actually happened to his throat. Obviously, this his throat is- was- oh. did we ever find that- out? We no, out. this was one of my burning questions. I jotted down in my notes. I was like, what happened notes. to his throat? <laughs> well, obviously so. something happened while he was in the army and in the Middle right. East, but, um, but we never get that story and we never understand. It seemed like it would have been attached to something that maybe made kind him. where I, I, and I'm wondering if maybe he's in the novella for Eric and Zoe and maybe it's mentioned there kind of thing. I actually had that thought too, because it, when Eric came on the page first, I was like, oh my gosh, he's so awesome. Look at this brother calling, taking names, you know, and then he shows up with Zoe and the team and everything. And then I thought, well, maybe everyone else already knows him. And that's when I looked up and saw that yeah 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 right yeah um so but yeah so I in oftentimes in books we get this kind of like hinted at backstory and we start to get Mm -hmm. bits and pieces of it and then like the big reveal is when they tell the other person like um this is this is what went down with me and so I was just expecting that to happen because that's always what happens I think we get a little bit more of that from him when he kind of tells her about like the island and Mm -hmm. his brother and things like that and some of why he went into the army and and things like that but especially for her and her accident and that's why her knee was bum the whole time and um so I just thought for sure that there was going to be some big emotional kind of upheaval where they reveal those stories to each other but yeah and I hadn't focused on the fact that they don't actually tell each other some of that, you know, I, I guess I glossed over that, but maybe when you live through something like they lived through, you know, everything you need to know about the person without knowing their backstory. I don't know. Yeah. And cause yeah, well, yeah, well, well, okay. Well, I'll get to, I'll save that comment for later. (laughs) Um, Okay. What do we think of Ford or Coop as our hero? Grumpy hero alert. Yes. Yeah. Um, for sure. I did. Yeah. Loved his name was Iceman. <laughs> and the Iceman cometh. That was the right. best line of the book. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I was like, I would have laughed at myself. I, I would, but I never laugh at my own jokes. Yeah. That's uh... a lie. <laughs> and a half. Um, I also would have called him Ford and not Coop. I mean, mm-hmm. in part because our dog's name is Cooper and yeah. we call him Coop. So I would not want to have sex with someone that I'm like <laughs> calling Coop. Um, but, but also, yeah, it seems, I don't like like infantilized names for men that I want to. Yeah. <laughs> Ford is a good sturdy. Yeah. I like Ford. Yeah. As a name. Mm-hmm. Ford tough. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah. I liked Ford though. I like the kind of grumpy lone wolf hero, you know, and Who really just he, needs like right. mommy issues and needs some tender yeah. loving. Right. Um, but knows how to give a fantastic foot rub. Like that yeah. scene. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I think <laughs> really just, struck me. At that point, just touching her feet was been like, uh. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that was, that was nice. Um, the other thing about both of them and you guys, cause it's, you know, well known on here that I like to skim a lot. I never got the best understanding for what either of them looked like physically. I sort of more so him, like he's got blondish stubble. He's got kind of a blue eyes, blonde he's stubble. broad. Yeah. But like her, I don't know what she looks like. And maybe it's just because they're both in snow well, gear I think there's all the brown time. hair, brown eyes. That's, that's what I've got on her. That's. Yeah. It's interesting. I guess I wasn't picturing very clearly who they were i i was trying to think of um i'm because i think ford was very tall too and she yeah. and angel was short yeah and yeah and curvy we got that right right i don't know i don't know why i was having and i think because i was trying because it was so cinematic i was like seeing all of this play right. out in my head and it was just really bothering me that i was like I couldn't place like a casting or anything on them and like what they would look like. I don't know. Well, my go-to is always Chris Hemsworth. That's your go-to <laughs> for everybody. I mean, rugged Chris Hemsworth. Like, yeah. Blonde stubble. Yeah. A bit, bit on the leaner side as but, Ford. Mm-hmm. But broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I get it, but you cast okay, him we could for do everything. Are you okay with that? <laughs> yeah, works too. <laughs> and her, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah so but yeah I liked him and yeah kind of the like hidden cinnamon roll under the very rugged exterior um and that was a great scene when and he's all pissed off and she's like you like me you're acting this way because you like me (laughs) yeah I like that one oh and then and then and then he really likes her (laughs) well and the whole reason he stayed away from her was because he knew to be around her. He would, oh my gosh, he'd have feelings. You yes. Know? Very like, Joshua Templeman. Yes. yes. <laughs> we, we've seen it a hundred times. Uh, at least. <laughs> Still great. <laughs> always great. I, it's, that's a good, it's a good trope. Um, okay. Let's talk about the third character, Antarctica. Um, <laughs> what did you make of the <laughs> Arctic representation and just the general story of survival? and all of that i mean i don't know how accurate it all is but to me it read as being very believable the setting i think she did a really good job of describing the terrain the gear that they had the different base camps um kind of the the climate the weather Mm -hmm. i thought it was it was great i thought it made for a very interesting and unique book unique yeah. definitely definitely I was a like, setting we've never read before yeah. and so that <laughs> was fun i i did enjoy that and you could tell that there was a beauty to the place i would never want to go there there's no desire whatsoever <laughs> do i have to go there but i bet if my husband went there he would love it he would that's we <laughs> we both read it and we were like dad would like this one because <laughs> yeah. he like we drive across nevada which i think is just a desolate, terrible place. And he just no thinks it's the most Nevada. beautiful. Yeah. 
Sorry, Nevada. Just that 80, you know, the I-80 through Nevada is not the prettiest scenery, but my husband thinks it's the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And he just finds beauty in any kind of terrain. In desolate, nothing landscapes. And so he would probably think it was fantastic. Um, I, I I kind of would, I was kind of like, uh, uh, cause I, I've always wanted to like go to each continent and I've always been like, except for Antarctica, <laughs> but, uh, but now I'm like, maybe I could go to Antarctica and well, it seems like everything that I off. read or watch about Antarctica. It's always some kind of disaster that happens. And it's like, okay, I need to read where someone had a pleasant trip to Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they said 40 below zero, I'm like, Oh, why, why, why? Right. And like frostbite within seconds, you yes. know, if your skin's exposed mm-hmm. to the point where they couldn't have sex because they were afraid of like things. Right. Off. <laughs> they take their clothes off. What kind of, what kind of What's the that? Uh, right. <laughs> um, but yes, definitely felt, I think that aspect of it and just the way she described it and kind of the whole survival aspect of the story very cinematic and also like all the thing references were deaf that was like definitely my the thing my visual the the movie the thing and here's my beef though I'm sorry but they would smell he kept saying she smelled like cinnamon and I'm like bullshit (laughs) (laughs) don't you think when it's that cold it just burns your senses where you can't really smell anything yeah, because maybe. you're so cold or you're just used to things not smelling right yeah it's like they would both be pretty ripe I am glad they didn't have sex till after they'd both bathed and yeah. right I would yeah that would be <laughs> I think that that was intentional um <laughs> right but yeah because I'm e- I'm even like I don't know maybe it's just our camping gear but I'm like just camping gear in general smells like has a camping smell. Yeah. Well, they don't so have campfires though because they were using the cook stove inside the tent. I know, tent, but, but still. Because it's campfire smell that really is. I don't know. And also just being packed away in a garage smell. Maybe that's again, our, an our <laughs> problem thing. But um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, he just kept saying like, she had that cinnamon in feet. I'm like, no, she does not. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> I'm buying that for a second. Um, I do know though, well, first of all, like he talked about, they try not to sweat. Like they don't want to work up a sweat because that's a death sentence. But it seems like even no matter how cold you are, like wearing as much stuff as they do. Well, the merino wool that they were said they wear. Like wicked. It, oh. Yeah. Cause your dad used that when he went to Nepal and, um, it's, it's supposed to keep you like not sweaty and dry and so Okay. I'll, I'm just saying. I don't know. For romance reasons, I'm just glad they smelled okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that they got to shower before. Right. Really got after it too, too hot and heavy. Um, okay. Let's talk about the dastardly plot of this book. Um, you have a major phar- pharmaceutical company trying to get this virus that they dug out of the ice and you've got people getting murdered for it. What did you think of this part of the plot? I thought some of it was a tiny bit confusing because I thought Catherine's motivations weren't clear. I got that perhaps there had been some sort of terrorist attack that killed one of her daughters and two of her grandkids and left the other daughter in a vegetative state. 
Because I think that's who she visited. I am. I hopefully I read that. Okay, right. was that because I was the I was getting it was her daughter who's in the vegetative state mm-hmm. for some reason, whether it's depression or whatever. I was getting that those were her babies. That that could be. I I don't know whose babies they were. I don't know that they ever made it clear. But um, she had two granddaughters and two daughters that were in a terrorist attack. But then she kept mm-hmm. referring to school shootings, and I thought. Well, was it a school shooting? But then she said it was terrorists. But so, so I, I so I was a bit okay. yeah a bit confused because I it seemed to me that she wanted to get the virus to unleash on the people who had hurt her family um, and was using the company for it. But then I was really confused too when all of a sudden was it wasn't it a U.S. senator gets involved in stuff and it then it like yeah. goes up higher up the chain so to speak and. I didn't know what the motivation was there. If they yeah. wanted a mili- to develop a bioweapon for the military. Well, I, I think it was a bioweapon. And I think her plan was to give the antidote to just good people or people she wanted mm-hmm. to save. People in her favor. She's like Thanos. She yeah. wants to get rid of half the... Um, anyway, so she was going to pick and choose who got to live and who got to die. Uh I don't know. They never made it clear what the senator's involvement was or why he was involved. I mean, but maybe because obviously that's going to be a story arc through all the books. Maybe we'll get more information as the books go on. But um, it was just it was the the level of information we got on it was strange. I felt like there we had enough information to where I'm like, okay, now just put it all together for us, because (laughs) it's like I feel like we know all the pieces. It's just we don't quite understand how they all fit together and that felt like too much information like I don't know does that make sense yeah I think and I think really it's only romantic suspense where you get the point of view of like the bad person or bad people so when you give you know page time to that point of view you feel like you should understand fully the motivation and what they hope to accomplish yeah. And that is one thing that did not carry through for me. Yeah. So I agree. And um, yeah, so this whole aspect is kind of where the book pegs down to, I think, a, a really like for me because I was, I was having a hard time following that. Sometimes I felt like it was a little too dastardly and mustache twirly, um, especially because I did not understand what their motivations were. And so I'm like, you also wondered too, how a corporation in Catherine seemed pretty competent herself, how she found such crazy inept people (laughs) to like put on the ground in Antarctica. Uh, What was the guy's name? Clive. And then Bradley Sampson, you know, like they, she, she did not have the best team. And he was always you know, chewing cinnamon lifesavers that were in wrappers. And I'm like, I don't think that those exist. I'm pretty familiar with my <laughs> individually wrapped lifesavers. And, um, unless he's special ordering those. Um, but yeah, so it was all very Bond villainy, which I think mm-hmm. also adds to the cinematic. But also sometimes I was, it felt, I don't know, because I, I felt like the survival aspect in Antarctica was like very grounded and cool. And then that it felt kind of, uh, I don't know, disharmonious. I'm trying to think of a word, but 
Well, and that's kind of why I think, and if it was a terrorist attack that killed her family, it would have been nice to know, like, where was it? Who were the terrorists? What, you know, to, to get that whole story. Mm-hmm. And, and so we can piece that together and then have something to understand why she's acting like a crazy person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And why she's willing to kill so many innocent people who have right. done nothing, you know, yeah. except work on Antarctica. Yeah. So, and help her find answers. To well, and that's why that I think wants. maybe we'll get more of that story as the books go on, but I don't know. I mean, I think, I definitely think that that's the case, but I don't know. It was just a strange, um, and I feel like, cause I've seen this in other series where there's this kind of grand, especially in like fantasy and paranormal, <laughs> But usually there's like stages, right? It's like a it's kind of like a video game where you get the first big bad boss, right? Second big bad boss, and then there's an overarching big bad boss that's controlling. That this you should whole have known thing. all along it was him. Which I guess in a way we got because they get Clive, or at least Catherine gets mm-hmm. Clive and Samson and Samson. But then Catherine's got this whole I don't know, but I just feel like I don't know. I feel like we usually get more of an understanding of the overarching somewhat Mm -hmm. there didn't seem to be a good button on this story other than their romantic plot right does that Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. um all right let's talk about the conflict between them um thoughts so like when he when she goes to visit him in the hospital and yeah and he says Nope, I'm out. I could not get on board with wanting to go back to Antarctica again that quickly. <laughs> no, I think I, I think it's the whole he went into his own survival mode, like just shutting back down, like it had been too much for him. Even though at that point they had already exchanged "I love you's." Granted, he was you know injured, and, for- yeah, and like mostly unconscious, you yeah. know. But then to walk back from that, I think he just thought he wasn't going to be good for her. And I'm yeah. Crazy though. After all of that, to like you said, to want to go back to Antarctica. I mean, like maybe <laughs> like in a few months, like maybe, but I mean, not personally. But. Well, I, what I didn't understand is they wanted him to go back and oversee the building of the new facility, but he knows that like that Kronos it's people for nefarious are, purposes mm-hmm. and that the Kronos people are like funding it it seemed like they would just come after well, him and kill him. I kind of think it was like, you know, better the devil, you know, I don't know. And so like, maybe he could like make sure, keep an eye on like what they're up to exactly. But yeah, all of that was strange. I, I think she earned his hesitations though. Like I think she had built up enough of his, why he didn't feel like he was good enough for her. Um, and so I felt like she had earned that enough, but I was like, don't, go, but don't go back to Antarctica. <laughs> like, well, what and is she wrong did, I did like that when he's saying all that. And then she's just like, bullshit, that's wrong. You're hiding. So, I mean, I liked that she called him out on it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know. I was kind of on board with it. I was, yeah, I was, I was on board with the, actual like interpersonal conflict but i was not on board with him being like no yeah sign me up (laughs) let's do that again that's just crazy man talk yeah that's true yeah um 
Yeah. So that's. And I did like though that conflict, like they, they weren't apart very long on the, like in the book, it was what, like the next chapter he was. Yeah. Realized he had been an idiot. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, also the other thing I wasn't super clear on in terms of the conflict is what Polaris does exactly. Well, they're just going to be a team of badass. I think they're like a team of like rogue mercenaries, ex-military people. Like they're the ones that go in and get things done that the government won't do, you know? They're the A team. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And Angel gets to be E.A. Baracus or or (laughs) Mr. T's face. But I, and I did like, I really liked him going and helping her in the soup kitchen and mm-hmm. trying to work up the courage to talk to her and yeah. <laughs> and all the people just trying all those dishes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was i hey that would win me sexy. over <laughs> Doing yeah. Dishes. um yeah so that's kind of so i think i was i was fine but i just could not I'm like why do you want to go back to Anarchy? like go go somewhere else for a little while you i can get going somewhere else but well and i could even get on board with him going to Antarctica. I just couldn't understand why he wanted to go back and do what they were asking him to do when it was that company that was running everything. Well, so I think it's a, I think it's a small, you know, pond. You, <laughs> if you're going to do it, yeah. there's only so many people. There's only so for. much going on there. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about sex, baby. Um, it's pretty vigorous for how worn out they were. Yes. I think, right, just adrenaline is going, and you have that, uh, we might die, so That's true. let's let's just get it on. Like, we're yeah. in a place where they do. bits won't freeze off if you get naked. <laughs> yeah. Let's take advantage, advantage of this. <laughs> right, because the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, when are they going to start, you know, getting it on? Like, yeah. you know, there, were, there was the foot rubs, they had their kiss and stuff, and then I was like, what is going on? I am glad though, that there was the part about, well, we can't get naked because bits will freeze off. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I hadn't focused on that. Yeah. But yeah, I could have used more than just the couple nights in a cabin, to be honest. I would have liked maybe some more sexy times at the end when yeah. they were together. Well, as we were going through, I knew that there was going to be some point because, you know, they were starting to run out of food quicker than they were expecting. So I figured that they were either going to come upon a remote cabin where mm-hmm. it was warmer and had more food, or they were going to get captured by the guys taken somewhere right. else that was warm and hospitable. <laughs> for. The other thing that was yeah. kind of weird and not made clear was that well i mean they made it clear but it wasn't like ever expanded upon was that um that chronos company had taken over that russian facility mm-hmm. yeah. that, well eric figured it out because right. he called and he's like what, what was it, an Volkov american station yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i was that supposed to be like a reveal because well i think it was i mean i had kind of figured out already that they're in that russian station i mean that's right they were. i but, yeah I didn't get that until Eric called and Clive answered. I, yeah, I had thought early on when Samson realized they were gone and he was going to be sent back to get them. He was like, they could only go to a couple of places. I think it was literally two places, right? One was that South South African. So yeah, I had wondered if they sent people to both and obviously the other one doesn't come into play. Right. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't know they had moved. Yeah. The other people to Volkov. Because I, I was thinking when he said that, I thought, well, why don't you just have people at both stations so that when they show up there or mm-hmm. if they show up well, there. Sounds like that's what they did. But they didn't yeah. have to because they were already at the one facility. But that was, I don't know. It was just that it wasn't really delineated as also, well as I think it could have been. Where So I was surprised that Pam and Jefferson, was that his name? Something with the Jack J. Jackson? Jefferson? Jackson? Sure. It's some, it's some last name with the J. Um, Jameson, Jameson, Jameson. Yeah. Um, so I was surprised that they were there. I don't know if that's just me. Um, and then like, were they there for testing purposes? Is that like Mm -hmm. what we were supposed to do? They captured them to use them for test subjects. And like, Mm -hmm. they were just being held prisoner there. Cause at first, Mm -hmm. like when they were looking in the room, they kind of seemed like comatose or something and then all of a sudden they're like breaking windows and stuff and i'm yeah, like it seemed weird to me that they hadn't have tried that like way sooner yeah exactly um i don't know so so there's this is these are all things where i was starting <laughs> to get like what is going on here exactly um there i would agree that there were some things that weren't explained very well but with my super intellect i had already figured oh all that my out gosh so. um <laughs> so the sex sounded cold. It was very vigorous. He was mm-hmm. pounding that bed across the room, which, you know, get after it. Um, <laughs> right. He became like, and I think there were several descriptions of him even before that about him being like animalistic and wolf-like and stuff. And then I was like, oh yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> He's following through on that, right. on that uh, reputation. <laughs> the other thing that this book made me realize is that maybe I sort of have a kink for like tent makeout sessions which I've maybe not rated I've maybe not not done before um (laughs) but uh yeah there was something about just like being in the middle of nowhere in a tent that was kind of like I could get as loud as you want yeah exactly except that it was frigidly frigidly that part right (laughs) not as like caught to me no pun intended um but yeah there that was working for me for some reason um but yeah, and then I think, again, it needs to be said that the Iceman Cometh was a great... That was a great... It was a such great a great life. Really, <laughs> that, that payoff was great. Um, okay, what is your swooniest moment of the book? There's not a lot... I mean, this one's not, like, rife with swoony moments. Yeah, I actually had... Because I was thinking as I was reading through, looking for swoony moments. And I don't think in general that romantic suspense necessarily lends itself to swoony romance. Swoony moments or like grand gestures or anything. I really liked, I think I mentioned earlier, I liked the foot rub a lot. Like I thought that was like a really great intimate scene. And then I did mark down though, for my swoony moment when he shows up at the soup kitchen and then finally starts talking and he says, you heal me more than the ice ever did. You're my home and I want to be yours. Will you let me be that? Can I be the place you come home to? And I was like, oh, that's so sweet of him. Like he's, I think I highlighted that so much. Mom highlighted that too. And yeah, and I thought that that was, that was a good line for especially everything that we've seen in his POV that he kind of struggles Mm -hmm. with and needing that home and wanting that but being afraid of it at the same time. So I thought that that was a nice line for the payoff of the, of their kind Mm -hmm. of journey. I think I liked all the protecting each other. I liked all Mm -hmm. of that. I thought that was Swinney the way 
he protected her and then the way that she protected him. And I loved the scene where he's like unconscious in the facility and she knows people are coming. And so she puts her, her bed right up Mm -hmm. against his and she's laying with him, you know, so she's facing the door, has her back to him so she can protect him. And I, even though she can't move or walk her, she was pretty beat up too. But um, I thought all the protecting each other was really sweet. I also liked every time that um, they would get in the tent and it was like, so should I zip the sleeping bags? Together? <laughs> oh, for, I know, right? Warm. <laughs> warm. Like, warm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally do that. Um, so only, only one sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah. Shucks. Um, I, I think I think I, I will say that that moment where he, she's like, oh, you like me. I I really like that one. And when they kind of first make out a little bit and then he kind of rolls under her so that she can use him as her heating pad. And I was like, so that he's got the cold ground under him. Um, So I liked that. I also, I also like to going to what you were saying about um, protecting each other. I liked that. I think it was fairly early on. And she was like, just promise me that if you can make it, you'll just go like, leave me behind. And he's like, no, I no, I'm not doing that. I can't make that promise to you. And then it comes back around to Mm -hmm. where he's like, just like, nope, nope. Yep. Well, and I also really liked speaking of all this. Um, I liked when he, cause he was kind of sounding like a dick, but he's like, you're going to work harder. You're going to walk faster, mm-hmm. you, you know, but the whole thing was because he just didn't want her to die. And um, so he, he kind of in his bossy way was, it was his way of saying, I really want you to survive. I don't want to lose you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought all that was good. Um, okay. Let's hear from the listeners other than Jess. And it's Jess. I usually always have an email <laughs> or a comment to read from you. Um, but let's hear from some of the others on what they thought of this book. Um, kind of a mixed bag, I think, this this time. Well, um, I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea. It's I not. think it's, right. it's a very specific genre. Yeah. In and I think, yeah, I think too, some people, especially if you don't read romantic suspense, having the point of view of the the bad people is very jarring if you're yeah. used to only just the heroine or the hero or just the two of them yeah to have sure. like yeah and um it, in in a lot of ways like suspense is you know thriller suspense is kind of the antithesis mm-hmm. of right. romance in a way it's kind of like the opposite <laughs> you know it's well and I don't know the comments I don't know but I as I was reading I thought I could see where people would have a hard time with them having a killer virus that they're mm-hmm. trying to killing you know, people and killing people right Just, and all of it very you know especially at this time people might have a hard time with that yeah so I know when they were like virus and pandemic you know virus and vaccine I'm like ooh, timely <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Cassie says I DNF'd this one. The premise of this book was really interesting, but the execution was lacking. It couldn't really hold my interest and the writing felt clunky. Um, there were times where I, well, I felt that when, except I thought they were going to be out on the ice for like a month. And I saw, and I kept thinking at some point they need to like speed up their, the diet or the narrative here. Um, and just say, you know, three days later or a well, week and later. And that's why I kept thinking that they were maybe going to get captured and taken right. to a second location kind of away from the ice. But, where they were still in danger, but. But I think, 
go ahead. I was Jess. just going to say, Sorry. On, the, <laughs> on the other hand, okay, go. Um, I think though they did a good job because there was something that per, each time they stopped, there was something that kind of pushed their mm -hmm. relationship along. So yeah, she did do a good job with that. Yeah. I thought. And that's why for me, I think I would like this book a lot more if it was a standalone and not, I think where right. the book falters for me is all the parts in which it's carrying over into uh, the rest I would of agree the with series. That. Right. Which is, I, I agree with that too, which is why I think the first like three quarters before you bring in the Polaris team and stuff was so much stronger for me than yeah. the last part, because then I didn't think I had been missing much. And then all of a sudden this other stuff came in and I was like, well, now I feel like I've missed something that yeah. clearly happened before that I should know. Yeah. Um, so up until that point, it stood as a standalone book for me. And then I realized, well, there's other things. Yeah. It stood as a standalone yeah. book. And then all of a sudden in the last right. quarter, it's like, whoa, whoa, there's a lot. <laughs> there's all this crazy going stuff on. Happening. Right. I feel like I don't know exactly. And, um, and I really, I, but I really loved the whole running for their lives, mm -hmm. ice, uh, surviving in the cold and all that stuff. And, um, I, I really liked reading a book that had some like intense stakes, you know, like I right. haven't read that in a while yeah. reading, being a romance reader. Um, and so I thought that that was a kind of fun change of pace for me. And I actually thought that once you got through the first couple of chapters, which sort of sets up what happens at the camp. And once they finally leave on that trek, I thought the pace went along pretty quickly. I didn't yeah. feel like it was lagging. And I liked that each chapter started with how far away they were and how much food they had left. I thought that was a good way to give the reader an indication of where we were in their journey. Yeah. So for that, for me, that kind of moved the story along pretty quickly. Yeah. And we were I even think. saying that, you know, cause we were like, Oh, 500 pages. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but we both read it yesterday like that's all we did yesterday was read this book and um and I, it does move along I think at a quick mm -hmm. pace and I think that is because it's so action-packed and there's right you know a lot to happen um but yeah so I don't like pacing wise I never felt well I guess maybe until the end when I felt like there was a lot that was kind of <laughs> right programmed in there but um but yeah, I mean, for, for the sameness that takes place on the ice, I thought pacing wise, it was handled really well. Um, Karen says, I was nervous. It was going to be too intense for me. So I was waiting to hear the episode and what others thought. I like my reading to be pulse pounding for sexy reasons. Only these days I have too much real life stress. Um, Karen, I will say only you can know if this is going to yeah. be the kind of book for you or not. Um, um, I, I really, really liked it but it was pulse pounding for sexy and yeah other things yeah um but yeah that's what I was I think though I liked this type of romantic suspense more than others I've read because this to me is not ever a situation I would find myself in so for me I you know it's a bit removed from the suspense and danger aspect like I think sometimes when you read about a book that might be like set somewhere in the United States and she's running from a serial killer yes. and there's somebody like there to protect her and stuff like that to me is actually scary because that could happen to me, you know, but 
getting caught out in Antarctica. You know, yeah. That's not going to happen. Nope. So <laughs> I don't rare. know if that would play into anyone's consideration, but I found it easier to handle the suspense and danger because again, this is just not anything well, that would happen. <laughs> this one, it feels more kind of like an action adventure mm-hmm. book than maybe our typical definition of romantic suspense. I feel like I, like I'm with you. I think romantic suspense that I've read has always been serial killer or murder case or something like that, where they're running from some gnarly killer and they are doing that in this one, but there's a lot, this one kind of reads to me more like a bond, you know, Mm -hmm. than um, it's definitely a bond movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, just with like the submarine in the middle of the ocean that does secret mercenary military. I mean, that's all very. Is it a submarine or is it a boat? It's a it's well, an aircraft it's, carrier, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's got. She describes the doors yeah. as a submarine. I guess is where I'm getting that. Um, so that's what I that's what I will say. So do with that what you will, Karen. Um, Tiernan says, I went into this book with an open mind because I'm not a romantic suspense reader. I really enjoyed it. The story was interesting and the characters grew on me. Angel and Ford were an interesting couple with good chemistry. I liked how short the chapters were. That's true. Um, it made the book easier for me to read because I wanted to know what would happen next. I still have no plans on traveling to Antarctica anytime soon. (laughs) Good book. It got me out of my reading comfort zone. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, wide array of books we have this time. Um, I was thinking that this would have been better served as like a winter book, but eh, it's still winter. But some, some people, places. some people are still dealing with winter. If we still live it's in a, Maine, it's, it would still be it's, it's always winter in Antarctica. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I think isn't this taking place like? It's oh no, they're coming winter. out of the summer. Yeah, yeah, right. Is that what? Yeah, it is? it's because it was all daylight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. That's so weird. Okay. Natalie says, I enjoy this book. It's not like any other romance I've read. So I can see how some people would really love it or how it could put readers off. That's for sure. Uh, For a super action y book, I felt like the pacing dragged a little bit in the middle, but I had a ton of fun reading it and thought the writing was good, especially in constructing the setting. Yes, Mm -hmm. I would concur with that. and middle is not well i guess maybe that's where it drags i think it gets a little messy in the end so maybe that's different than dragging um june diva on instagram said i read it and liked it more so the second half which is interesting because i don't agree with that (laughs) Um, same Uh, Ruthie says, I enjoyed it. I love romantic suspense and it had all the right things as far as I'm concerned. Also, I adore couples who seem to hate each other in the beginning and especially if they are awkward and it's really believable. The main guy was super stiff and quirky, but tough. And she really believed his dislike of her. I love to watch that change and the slower, the better. This book did that very well. Ending took off into another book. I felt like not sure about that. I felt like maybe there was a book before this one about his brother, but I couldn't find it. Hopefully the intro helped set up for you, Ruthie. Um, Megan Montgomery writes on Instagram said, I have thoughts. A, it's one of my favorite love stories. B, the couple coming to such a deep respect for one another is, uh, another is there just needs to be more of that in romance. Um, 
see Ford is clearly autistic and that's my favorite kind of hero slash romance trope. I have a list of undiagnosed romance heroes. Um, I would be interested to see that list. Uh, I guess he could be vaguely on the spectrum. I don't. I well, didn't he didn't see. like crowds and noise and other things, but that could have been from his days in the army too. That's he what I thought. Having in kind fact, of, he, I yeah. think he even refers to that because uh, I, I thought maybe most of his quirks came from life experiences, not necessarily that he was on the spectrum, but um, who knows? Uh, and then she says, D, I want to go to Antarctica. I'm kind of, I think I'm with Megan. It kind of made me want to go to Antarctica. <laughs> well, I'm going to go if there's a place I can stay that's warm. Yeah. I would like to look at pictures of Antarctica. <laughs> From <laughs> my warm home. Yeah. <laughs> watch a David Attenborough narrated. Right. <laughs> the ice is very cold. Yeah. And what, what was, what was Ford talking about at one point? The Southern, Southern lights. I, I think yeah. it had a more technical yeah. the name. The Austral lights or yeah. something. I yeah. was like, those are probably gorgeous. I would love to see that. I would love to see. <laughs> I would love to see a computer screen. Look online. I bet you can find some pictures. Yeah. Um, Deanna says to quote a review from Goodreads, you didn't know survival romance was something you needed. Well, it is. Uh, this was like the day after tomorrow. Ice meets the spotless series. Danger meets Billy Winston. I hate you because I love you. Um, what a ride. Angel and Ford were great. I love when a hero just can't resist the heroine despite his best efforts. That is a good one. Uh, my only quibbles are that they had a lot of backstory that we only ever got as internal monologue and wasn't explained to the other person. And I wish Ford had pulled his head out of his ass a little quicker at the end. For real, you wanted to go back to Antarctica after all that? <laughs> yes. Uh, talk about running away from your feelings. Also, all the virus talk was oddly relatable to our current world climate and made me laugh thinking about the conspiracy theories one could come up with after reading. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what ice core did they pull coronavirus out of? <laughs> um, we'll definitely read the second one. Um, I, I already pre-ordered the second one. So. Yeah, I, I actually did too. Because <laughs> I, so, I, I, I I'm glad to see, you know, because I don't know if you saw who it was about, but I'm glad to see mm -hmm. she's not dead. That's <laughs> yes. kind of where they leave us thinking. That. Well, I'm hoping the second one won't work so hard. Like, it won't have that set up the next uh, the series well, section. How many books are in I, the series? Yeah, I think the next book will have because I read the description, but now I can't remember. But I think it's in Alaska, yeah. right? And I think it's because that's where they were hiding the cores, the ice cores, right? Yeah. I, I think the ice core thing is going to keep going through. That we're right. going to see more of that. It's going to be like I, the cup game yeah, with the. And, and I think how she set up the Polaris team, it seems like everyone on that team could get their own romance at I, some I, point. Because the guys were described as good looking. Mm -hmm. So well, they're getting a book. Yeah. Uh, was it Vaughn and <laughs> Les? No, I can't. Or, no, a, something with an A. Leo was the girl. Yeah. And it's like, Leo was ants, the like ants awesome pilot. ANS. ANS. Yeah. It is like ONS or something. ANS. ONS. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and Vaughn, right? V O N something yeah. like that. I think so. I just, know. Yeah. you know, I'm terrible with names. I remember first letters and that's it. <laughs> um, okay. Catherine said, 
uh, Jess, I bet you're doing so good on the podcast. So you're off. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, she said the characters and settings seem cool, but I'm having a hard time following the action adventure stuff. Um, I would say it gets more confusing towards the end. So buckle up. Um, so write a diagram. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Jessica, different Jessica, um, said, I am such a wimp. Romantic suspense is clearly not for me. This makes no sense because I do love paranormal and fantasy, but logical or not romantic suspense is clearly not my jam. I was anxious the whole time and I read romance to get away from anxiety. That said, I did like both the characters. Ford was sweet at heart and Angel was funny. I thought it was weird that she never gave him any of her backstory. We the reader got, but then it never was told to him. So what was the point? Yeah. Uh, the plot was interesting. Well done. If not a tiny bit convenient at times. Also, I know that the Polaris teen characters were clearly cameos from another series that her readers probably loved seeing again. But for someone who hasn't read any of her other books, all the introduction of the Polaris stuff at the end felt a bit rushed and clunky. Also, since the plot was left on a cliffhanger, it felt a bit happy for now instead of HEA. Yeah, though, one thing about the ending I would have liked after Ford and Angel were finally together as a couple that we had one or two chapters of them just being a couple before kind of that little teaser chapter at the end, like Leo calling Angel being like, oh, they got me. And then, you know, I just had wished there had been a little bit more there. We are used to the epilogue being about the couple and not leading into the next story. Yeah. The next story. Yeah, I would still consider it a happily ever after, though, for Ford and Angel. Like, I don't think they're going to be put in danger in future yeah. books or anything. I think they're probably pretty secure. I I would agree with that. I I think the whole team is a happy for now, obviously, because mm-hmm. Leo, we think, is dead. And more in- stuff is going to be going on. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I would agree that I, I kind of consider them to be hea um yeah so those are the listeners final thoughts on whiteout from from our peanut gallery i feel like i've kind of mentioned everything but yeah i really enjoyed it and again the whole time more so than other romance books it to me, I could totally picture a movie. Totally, it just really was very cinematic for me. And I think yeah. it would make a very visually stunning movie. Yeah. Well, and especially the shootout in the ice caves and oh, yeah. her climbing over the sled and grabbing her knives. I mean, you could just see that whole thing yeah. in a movie. All of it. Mm-hmm. And I think just even the like vast whiteness would be like really mm-hmm. cool and visually interesting and just like the spots of their red coats and things like that. I thought, and she could even be a Hispanic actress. Well, I kept thinking, mm-hmm. I mean, is this bad of me to say like with the name Angel, I kept thinking that she was, so well, I, I got, I thought she was, but yeah. now I can't with remember. The brown eyes and the brown hair. Yeah. That was me making an assumption or if that is mentioned. Yeah, but but you could use a cute Hispanic actress to play her and um Chris Hemsworth, one of the Chris's <laughs> to play him. And yeah. I've got it all figured out. Someone yeah. call me. I'll I'll hook um, them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I'm still at a really like and I still stand by. I think I would have liked it 
more as a standalone, but I really enjoyed like the change of pace that it was and mm-hmm. just that the it was change of scenery completely different from like any other romance or even romantic suspense that I personally have read. I mean, obviously it's not like my strongest subcategory. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I really enjoyed reading it. I loved it. I loved, I did too. It. I loved, um, the story. I loved that both of them, I, I just really liked it. Yeah. There were some quirky things in the story that I think could have been fixed, but, um, that's always the case. That's always the case. There's, they're never going to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we think some of them, <laughs> we think some are pretty perfect. Some are pretty perfect <laughs> that's that list is for another episode. Um, okay. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on whiteout by Adriana Anders. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are at not your mom's rom or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com so if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read we'd love to hear from you on april 5th we'll be chatting about the movie the philadelphia story uh which i believe jess was the it one did. to recommend <laughs> so this is this is kismet um for now we are going to take a break and when we come back we'll be interrogating jess to find out more about her so stay with us Hey everyone, it's Becky Feldman here, and I am too stupid to live. And do you want to hear something crazy? I also host a comedy podcast called Too Stupid to Live. How did that happen? I have no idea. Um, anyway, on Too Stupid to Live, I am joined by some hilarious guests where we review romance novels $5 and under. And we have covered the gamut of romantic fiction, from historical romances to dinosaur erotica, which, you know what, now that, now that I think about it, I think that's like also a historical romance. Um, anyway, each episode, we go on this engaging journey. Um, I've had Sarah McLean, the fabulous author, talking about the power of romance to Nick Weiger of the Doughboys podcast, reading a sexy excerpt in the voice of Elizabeth Holmes. That one still gives me very sexy nightmares, but I just can't get enough. Um, so TSTL puts out two episodes a month, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. And other things. Among other things. <laughs> uh, as in today's as break in, segment. Yeah, because we're not doing... Well, we're doing some news, I guess. Um, so... We're taking a little break because we have a couple items of business. First up, we have the drawing for the Around the World Challenge of February. Um, and mom, so mom has the winner for that. It is Raquel Bonilla. Raquel Bonilla, congratulations. I believe February was um, South America. South America. Um, which I didn't get around to, but my February was pretty crazy it was i didn't get around to much in february (laughs) um so we have the around the world challenge going on um still so go check out that and um get your books read for that and enter the drawing to win you know some cute little swag what is march do you know off the top of your head i don't come on ellen i don't know off the top of my head um uh marches so you have like three days left two days um but march is central and southern asia 
Okay. So go do that. Check out April when Jessica posts about that. And she even has on here that consists of Kazakhstan, all the stands. Because um, there's no way I'm going to pronounce all of these correctly. <laughs> and Nepal and India, Lovely. Pakistan. I love it. I love this challenge. It's Yes. You know, gets you to read some interesting reads. Uh, outside of the norm. Um, also, uh, we have the book Boyfriend Bracket. Final round voting is up. It is down to Joshua Templeman and Cletus, Win- Cletus Winston. So um, it's, a tough. it's a tough call. But go on and make your vote heard over there. Um, also, we're recording this break segment a few days after we recorded with Jessica. And um, we wanted to uh, include this audio recording that was sent in by Paige of her thoughts on Whiteout. Um, So we're going to play that before uh, she sent it in after we recorded, and I felt bad. And so we wanted to make sure we got it included. So let's hear from Paige on what she thought about Whiteout. Hey, Ellen, Mom, and Jess, it's Paige H, and I know I didn't need to send in an audio clip because it's not like book report time, but I figured since I have done it for a couple book reports, why not just do it now? So I read Whiteout last week, and I'm really glad that you picked this book, Jess, because it's been on my radar for the past couple of weeks because people have been talking about it and really liking it, which... I was a little bit surprised about because I remember when it first came out, it didn't seem like it had very positive things said about it. And honestly, I think that's just because of the whole virus aspect because it came out pretty not that far into quarantine times. And I think it just hit a little too close to home. I still kind of felt that way. It's just like, oh no, we're we're reading about a virus and coronavirus is, you know, we're doing a lot better now, but still it's like, eh. okay. Anyways, I was really excited to read it because I'm a huge romantic suspense fan. If you didn't get that already from me recommending one for the first book report, I think Adriana Anders did just a fantastic job with this. It really hits all the romantic suspense beats. It's definitely not boring. There are tons of times and, you know, that time when they find them on the satellite when they're... <laughs> the satellite? <laughs> when they find them on the satellite in that little shack. I'm like, you guys gotta leave. They're after you. Oh, so there was some tense moments, which I love because I guess I just like being tense and scared sometimes. Yeah. And I also really love how the romance is still very prominent. Like sometimes when you're reading romantic suspense, obviously you still get the romance, but sometimes it's like heavier on the suspense or you just get more moments that aren't really building the romance and all that stuff. So, but I felt like Adriana, she built that up from the beginning. It was really cute seeing how Ford was like so awkward around Angel and totally into her, but he's so like antisocial. He doesn't know how to talk to her and Angel's thinking, oh, he like hates me. And it's just like, no, he wants you and he doesn't know how to deal with it because, you know, he's got no people skills, really. And just 
I don't know. It was a really awesome book, and I loved every minute of it. It reminded me of a couple of, well, okay, it's reminded me of probably more than a couple of romantic suspense books that I've read, but two specifically that if you want another book, or two books, I should say, like this, then you should check out Meg Cabot's She Went All the Way. That takes place in Alaska, and the hero is a Hollywood actor, and the heroine, she's like a screenwriter, and they are on a plane to go to wherever they're filming this movie that the heroine has written and I don't remember what the synopsis is so I won't spoil it but Jack and Lou they're basically running for their lives in Alaska and it's very mom friendly it's not fade to black but it doesn't go super into detail that's the word I'm looking for I love that book it's probably like my favorite Hollywood type book the other book that I wanted to mention was Karen Robards. I know, I know. Darkness, it's great. And it also takes place in Alaska. And it's very, like, I think the heroine is, like, a scientist. And she's at this facility. And, yeah, there's running around. And so if you really liked this, check out Karen Robards' Darkness and Meg Cabot's She Went All the Way. They're wonderful, so check them out. But anyways, I really loved Whiteout. Thank you, Jess, for recommending this. And goodbye, Ellen, Mom, and Jess. Well, I think I've made it pretty clear that I agree with Paige. Yeah, and honestly, Paige, you were making me, like, think more back on what I liked about the book. <laughs> I feel like I got a little nasty. Not nasty, but I feel like I got a little down on the book sometimes in, in our reviewing it with Jess. Um, but also thank you for some, like, similar book recommendations. Yeah. First of all, I would be interested. It's been a long... I, like... Used to read exclusively Meg Cabot, so it'd be interesting. I bought her a lot yeah, of Meg Cabot Yeah, mom bought books. me a lot of Meg Cabot, um, so it'd be interesting to delve back into the, the world of Meg Cabot, um, and that one sounds fun. Um, so thanks for that, Paige. Thank you, um, Jessica, for the trope challenge. And yeah, we just wanted to make sure we got all those things included. Um, so we will see you for the next break segment. Welcome back. Whenever we have a book club member join us on the show, we like to get to know a little bit more about their history with romance, the podcast, etc. So now we are going to find out a little bit more about Jess. So Jess, tell us as much about yourself as you feel comfortable telling us. That's not necessarily romance related, <laughs> I guess. Um, I'm originally from Michigan, the Midwest. Uh, we have something in common because my dad was in the air force. So I grew up all over. Um, yeah. I, I lived in Germany and went to preschool in Germany when I was little. Um, but then mostly growing up, I lived in places like South Dakota, Montana, and then Delaware is where I actually graduated from high school. We're in Delaware. Um, you, you, you are all over, you are more all over than I was. Yeah. Um, and then I lived in Maryland for 13 plus years. Went to, started with college there and law school. And then a couple years ago, my husband got a job down in South Florida. So we've been in South Florida for about five years now, which oh, is wow. very different. Lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. any, especially than any of the other places that you've listed. Yeah. And so my in-laws are all outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is where my husband was born and grew up and my family's in Delaware and Michigan. So 
we have a lot of cold weather <laughs> visits yeah, that too. we, you know, we did pre pandemic, but, um, yeah, it's amazing how quickly your blood thins out when you live somewhere where it's gorgeous all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cause I, yeah. it's, I, you know, was just in Utah. And then as soon as I come here, I'm like, Oh, I'm freezing again. I'm like, <laughs> I was dealing with far colder than, than this. Um, but and I'm cold all the time. Mom is freezing all the time. And it's so annoying. Um, do you, do you, as a, as a fellow military kid, do you get like restless in one spot? Like after a while? I, I don't anymore. I feel like when I was younger, because we moved about every year and a half to two years. Like I was in a different school in different state for sixth, seventh and eighth grade. I went to two high schools, like second grade, I was in a couple of different states. So you get used to moving and not being in one place. Yeah, I think more so than anything, growing up as a military kid, I was always the new kid. So I always had to like, be friendly, learn how to introduce yourself. So I can pretty much talk to anyone about anything at any time. (laughs) I'm very much a chatter. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, you know, you can put me in a room with strangers and I will find somebody to talk to, <laughs> even if they don't want to be talked to. But. As a kid, my mom said I would just like within seconds of me talking to someone, everybody knew like everything about our family, everything yep. for better. Like people for would come yeah. up to me and say, oh, Ellen said X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, did she now? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, the worst we had was like, I went to four different kindergartens, I think, yeah. because mm-hmm. we, we moved from like base housing to a, you know, we moved right. from Maine to Washington and then from a base apartment to a base house and then like a base house to an actual house off base. And so we kind of bounced around a lot that year, Yeah, but you know, it's <laughs> kindergarten, who cares? Uh, right. <laughs> but um, yeah. And, and I definitely agree with, with, I feel like in my twenties, I was far more like restless than I feel now. Now I'm much more like I want to settle and, you know, mm-hmm. find a place. And- well, it was always crazy to me. Uh, so I went to Baltimore for college, obviously lived in the dorms. And then I stayed in Baltimore for law school. That apartment, the three years I lived there during law school, that's the longest I had ever lived anywhere up until <laughs> that point. And it was kind of crazy. crazy that like that, that was it, you know, that, yeah, that, that period crazy. of time. We bounced around a lot when Ellen was young. And then when we moved to California, um, which is where mom was from, like where all of her family got stationed in the town where I grew up. So my family was all here. And so I told my husband, well, you better figure something out because you're never going to get me to leave this place. And um, so he got out of active duty and went and flew for the reserves. So he he was was, like stationed in Germany, probably at the same. He was active duty reserves. He was. He's done like long-term TDYs to like Germany and Spain and places like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were in Germany the late eighties. So I went to preschool in Germany and it was still technically West Germany. And we lived there when the Berlin wall came down, but not in Berlin. My brother, my younger brother was born in Germany, like in a German hospital. Was Um, it Stuttgart? Was that where you guys were? No, Kaiser Slaughter, uh, Simbach Air Force Base, Mm -hmm. uh, Kaiser Slaughter, that's where my brother was born. So yeah. Um, but I, you know, I haven't been back to Germany since. Yeah. So 
Mom went and visited. We were, and we were in launch stool, which I don't remember the base. Well, yeah, but anyway, yeah. I, and I've been to Germany outside of that, but um, anyway. Okay. So there's a little bit about Jess. She's been all over and all over, all the, over the u.s especially yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> definitely yeah. the case yeah. um okay so what was your gateway drug into reading romance are you like a life longer or late later uh, to the game i have been reading romance for over two decades now since i was like a preteen. my mom reads romance mm-hmm. so i like at some point when i was a teenager started reading the books that she had but even before that i can remember reading like Sweet Valley High, Babysitter's Clubs. And I always liked the storylines where there was like a, a love interest, like a, yeah. a like, oh, I have a crush on this boy. I loved those stories. And when I first started, like the first real like romances I can remember reading were Harlequin historicals. Um, okay. And I went real, uh, for a long time, I feel like I read mainly historical romance. And then later teen years, I branched out in like the past 15 years I I've just read all sorts of romance and it was like a big and I've never been I've never hidden that I like and love romance books like my college roommates knew um I think sometimes you know you get a a little bit of flack like oh here's this 20 year old girl and she's reading romance books with these covers of you know naked men on them and silly titles and stuff but yeah they were great you know (laughs) um so yeah I've been reading romance for a long time now. Um, and I still love it. And I just like, there's something about reading about two people or in some cases more, you know, uh, falling in love and knowing that you are going to have a happily ever after or happy for now. Um, I like that. I think it's very comforting. And I like that there's tropes and things that repeat that if you want something you can find it and I keep telling people too because I'm, I'm part of a book club and we have a romance book club and a regular book club and people are very game to read the romance book club picks even though they don't particularly care for romance but I always say if any genre you like I could find a romance that would fit that genre for you yeah right? so definitely I I like that there's such a wide spectrum to choose from yeah. I always, I always think it's interesting people's like gateway into it because, um, I think especially like, I think that there's less of a stigma around the genre or there's starting to be less of a stigma around the genre now, but, um, you know, those of us who have, you know, come into it, we have to kind of like find a workaround for the stigma. And so like, for me, I was also kind of like, well, I'll read historical. Cause that seems like classier somehow than <laughs> than you know I don't just, know I've read some historicals that yeah are pretty... I know well that's <laughs> yeah um but yeah or you know I'll read fan fantasy and historicals were kind of my like or paranormal I guess you know whatever um were kind of my workarounds into the genre because I don't know why but like contemporary was always kind of like oh but I won't read that even though I always read chiclet and I was okay with that I don't know, which is essentially a contemporary romance, but. Well, we have always had people ask us, you know, well, if I wanted to read a romance, where, what book would you recommend? What do I start with? And we always ask, well, what, what do, do you like, like to read? read? Right. Regularly. Mm-hmm. Cause you can always find a book, a romance book to fit in any genre. 
Well, and yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I, I think it's silly that it's like everybody can read a romance. Like, yeah, you know, it's my dad can read a romance. It's just, yeah. and so it's just finding the other plot that is going to interest you, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. What is your favorite book, romance or otherwise? Oh gosh. Um, we can name a day. So yeah, I know. <laughs> I I read so much. Um, I I really love Lisa Claypas. Um, I really love pretty much anything she writes. Um, so she's like my top historical romance. I guess I probably have top <laughs> like authors in different groups. I love Janine Frost for paranormal romance. I love her like Night Huntress series and the spinoff series. Um, I love Tessa Bailey for contemporary romance. Um, I will say, I think some of my love of romance, I was an English major in college and I loved, yeah, (laughs) I loved reading um, Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre and these like really broody, dark heroes. Like you wouldn't consider those romances because especially Wuthering Heights. Um, but I like that there's, there was something to me about being drawn to these sort of darker kind of heroes. Um, and still to this day, like Jane Eyre is one of my favorite classics. Um, but I was always more the like happy end. Uh, like I, I liked the Jane Austen's those, that Mm -hmm. was my like English. That was my English major. (laughs) thing like every every paper I could write on Jane Austen in college that's what I wrote on so I think I like gravitate towards like the Tessa Dare Tessa uh Julia Quinn like end of historical and you know I like the the rom-commy ones I think is my translation Mm -hmm. of that into my romance reads um okay what is your favorite genre besides romance besides romance I like thrillers and mysteries um kind of the whodunit maybe because like romance you kind of know what you're gonna get you know there's gonna be some like whodunit sort of thing that I think nine times out of ten if not ten times out of ten is resolved at the end that you find out like who you know who the killer was or who whatever was so I I do like that I also when I was younger went through a really big Mary Higgins Clark phase so I read a lot of her, her books. Um, and then recently a thriller, well, I would, I guess it's called, there's a whole category now called domestic suspense where it's like suspenseful and stuff, but it's not necessarily like a thriller in terms of like, there's a killer on the loose or anything. Um, I found Hannah Mary McKinnon and I read sister Deer, and I really, really liked it. Um, it, it was very twisty and it kept me guessing. So I like, like the books that do that. <laughs> I like your comparison because I've never thought about it. Cause like, we also, you know, we talk about our murder shows all the time and like people, you know, we always get like, why do you guys like watching? Like my dad is always like, why do you guys like watching this so much? And we like it because they catch the bad guy. Right. And it's, that's satisfying. It's to see like some, you know, we don't, we don't like the unsolved mysteries as much as the, the solved. I, well, I, yeah, I have the show unsolved mysteries though. I have like a nightmare from watching an episode at like my grandparents when I was too young to see any of it. And still to this day, I can remember the this, this story and it creeps me out. 
but we watched the um, new episodes on Netflix now and it just leaves me feeling like eerie after I can't yeah. I have to watch something else like I don't like not knowing what happened yeah so, <laughs> so I like I like that as a comparison to romance like it's we're kind of mm-hmm. getting the same thing we're getting some sort of resolution and we know going into it that there's going to be some sort of closure and Mm -hmm. a happy ending yeah so I I like that um so would that be your favorite romance subgenre or like the mystery no actually not at all okay I would say probably my favorite subgenre is historical romance okay I love I love Tessa Dare uh Sarah McLean Joanna Shoup Lisa Kleypas you know all all of those wonderful authors yeah yeah nice yep that's I think what would I yeah I think yeah historical would probably be my favorite subgenre too I mean it's definitely the one I read the most of um okay what are your favorite tropes I like enemies to lovers um I enjoy uh if done right fake relationship yeah. Um, the, oh, we have to pretend, you know, <laughs> like, which uh, how often does that happen in real life? Does never, that right, like, right. I know that's, I think that's part of why I love it is because it's like, this is so ridiculous, right. but I, you know, it's still, yeah. I also really like, and it was never a possibility in my own life because my brother's almost five years younger than I am, but the, you know, siblings, best brother's friend, best or friend. I always thought it would be great. What if you had an older brother and he had hot friends? Yeah. Like, I didn't have an older brother, but he yeah. didn't have hot friends. Maybe that's it for me too, because I don't, I didn't have older brothers. I had younger brothers. And so like the idea of like having, you know, swaggering older boys running around the house, like appealed to me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Just like so older guys who, yeah. yeah. Someone you could crush on yeah. <laughs> when you were in. Yeah. So I like those. Um, I will say I, pro- there's probably a, not a trope that I don't like if it's done right. Like some of my least favorite ones are like the secret baby and accidental pregnancy ones and stuff, but I have read some that are done really well that I, I really enjoy, but, yeah. um, but yeah. And I like grumpy one and sunshine one, you know, yeah. <laughs> I always yeah. love a grumpy hero. <laughs> Um, okay. And what would you recommend to someone you are trying to get into romance or what have you recommended to your book club? Well, I actually, so this, I was part of a book club years ago with a group of friends and I did have them read 99% mine by Sally Thorne. It was a mixed bag reaction a little bit, which was so sad because I loved it. I know. I did not understand. Even in the romance Um, community, that one got a mixed bag and I'm like, how, yeah. how, how, so I that book. I, I'm trying to think of other ones I've recommended. I have recommended Talia Hibbert, uh, her Brown sister series. Mm-hmm. Um, but that actually has gone over pretty well. So good. that's nice. good. Um, but like we were just saying, I think if anyone asks, you kind of have to find out a little bit about like what they like to read. And I think too, you kind of have to know, like, what kind of heat level they want yes because there are you know some closed door ones that maybe that would be a good gateway for somebody who is leery about like oh I don't want just all sex in a book like that's you know but because I've also had book club situations where like I'm recommending to a group and I've either done like YA 
so like I think we read to all the boys I've loved before Mm -hmm. and um uh but I I think like good solid like when you're recommending to a group just like good solid rom-coms are kind of yeah do you know um my book club uh, and I I didn't pick it it was um the woman who runs the book club picked it but it seemed to be the most successful romance book that we've read the bride by julie garwood it's oh, fantastic we, it is so funny and do we read a julie garwood it's just great one. i cannot keep track no the, the bride by julie garwood is one that like is a blind spot for me and i know that i need to read it and we've had people tell us that we need to read it it's like and- it's a very good kind of just timeless historical romance yeah there's a lot of humor um great characters uh and it seemed to be again my book club is made up of mostly people who don't read romance but that one seemed to be a really big hit with pretty much everyone come on so. get on it summer reading <laughs> summer reading list i guess so. um okay and who are some of your favorite authors right now you've listed some right but- um I really like Talia Hibbert. I'm loving the Brown Sister series. Uh, Joanna Shoup. I love the Uptown Girls series. Um, have you I read recently, our book that we have on the list? Is it out yet? I don't even know if it's out yet. The Heiress Hunt? Yeah. I actually just read it this week. Oh, so. wow. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I liked it. Okay. I, I like her Uptown Girls series better, but this book is setting up a, a series, series to come and I think some of the other books will probably be more to my liking this gotcha. one is childhood friends to lovers with like a you know a couple other things thrown in there okay but um so uh what other authors am I really liking lately um yeah I mean I just read so much that I, yeah. I oh I I did a whole reread of the Ravenel series by Lisa Claypas uh. by listening to the audiobooks and they were fantastic on audio if anyone you should really likes those, audio you you're behind on that series yeah I am oh my gosh so and the I, first book is not my favorite it's not that great cold-hearted rake yeah um but you have to read the first book to get the setup for the second book because the hero of the second is, book features in the first book. Marrying Winterborn, the s- yeah. that series, Mary, right? That's the second book. Marrying Winterborn is probably my favorite of that series. I love Reese Winterborn. I, I really love that one. so Sweeney. He's like yeah. so Sweeney as a hero. He, but yeah, I he really- He got knocked out on our, on our bracket. I know. Uh, sorry. But yeah, but I, really I really liked the one- um, the most recent one. Chasing Cassandra. Was that the Tom one? Tom Severin. Not Tom the, Severin, though. No. Who's the other guy? The, um, I don't know. I'm behind. The him. brother. Of, West? Yes. I yeah. like West's book. Yeah. And she has a new book coming out that is listed on Goodreads as being part of this Ravenel series. But, um, so I don't know how that will plan, but it's coming out this summer. And it's about, oh, what is a Phoebe, Phoebe's friend who is the daughter of, um, it happened one autumn, the, that couple, oh. Marcus and Lillian's, Marcus and Lillian's daughter. Okay. And some other guy, you know, some guy. For some reason, like so. Lisa Kleypas for me, like I always enjoy her books when I read them, 
but for whatever reason, like I kind of forget about her sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. Like she's like, I realize that she writes great books and that she's like classic rom-com, you know, romance. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but for some reason, like she's just not always like my go-to. I don't know. I, I like yeah. her books a lot. I, I do too. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, it's just strange because. Like, I also, yeah, for, uh, cause I live. I read and listen to books. So I'm really into audiobooks. And I've also listened to a lot of Serena Bowen's books lately. Oh, so her Serena True Bowen. North series, I really yes. like. We like that. I've been one working too. my way through the Brooklyn Bruisers series, um, the how, hockey series. How are you liking that series? Because we read Brooklyn like Air mm-hmm. and we liked that one like pretty good, I think. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I like, I, I like it because I think. Well, Brooklyn Air, I think the books leading up to it, you get a real sense of Nate and Becca's relationship. But I think all the other books really work very well as standalones. Like you could just pick up the latest one, but there are, you know, characters that keep popping up. So it's kind of fun if you have read them all that you're like, oh, there's, you know, Becca is in this one. I'm pretty sure I'm caught up on True. I don't think you are. I'm pretty sure I'm caught up on True North. I don't think I've read the last one. I have to read the last one about dylan i think it is yes i've read so, that one yeah and i have not pretty saucy i'm just gonna say that right. <laughs> she's I like have it on my kindle so. she's a surprise you know like i every mm-hmm. time i and i think it's just because i've been reading that series as it comes out and then i read one i'm like oh yeah i forgot that this series can be pretty saucy yeah. um yeah but i like i like hers a lot too like every time i read one of hers i'm like mm-hmm. there's so many that like i forget about yeah. um Kind of like kind of oh, Lucy's yeah. score can be the same way for me too. And that's why I've been kind of on a little bit of a Lucy score kick because I'm like, I forget how much I like her books. I need to read like well, and she, hers are like books. all over the place. I mean, there's no like you couldn't say, Oh, this this looks like a Lucy score book because hers yeah. are she's got like that book I just read by her was crazy, like sexy, and hers are not usually so I was like, dang girl, I didn't know you had it in you. <laughs> was that her latest one? Yeah, that forever never yeah. one. Uh, that's that's up on my list soon too. It's so really, it's really spicy. Um, okay. So this is our self, uh, self aggrandizement section. What got you started listening to our podcast? So a couple years ago, I started listening to audiobooks. I was getting them from the library and I was like, I want something else also to listen to. So I started searching for podcasts. My husband's listened to podcasts for years. And I was like, well, I don't like your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I understand. um, I think not your mom's romance book club was the first podcast I started listening to a couple of years ago. Um, and I was, I just loved it. And I liked it too, because my mom reads romance and we talk about romance books. We read a lot of the same stuff. Um, we probably read things a little bit spicier than <laughs> you guys. Um, brave of you. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't go into in-depth discussions about that other than like, <laughs> yeah, I'll true. be like, Hey mom, just read that. Just so you know, it's like five fire flames. <laughs> 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 um, so I, I like, you know, that you guys read romance together. I like, because I, I have found that a great, connection with my mom you know I think it's it's great I think I remember when you started listening because I think you sent us an email or maybe a Facebook comment or something might have yeah told us that I I read romance with my mom too and I'm like oh that's so fun because we don't run into that too often usually it's I would never 
read that with my mom. <laughs> so no, I'm normally, we, we recommend books to each other and we do buddy reads and listen to some, some of the same audiobooks and stuff. So yeah, so I just really love the podcast and I like, you know, the, the takes on the books and I, I enjoy to hearing what other listeners think. I think yeah. that's always interesting because sometimes it, like just tonight with Whiteout, they bring up things that I hadn't necessarily focused on or thought about, but then I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Or I totally that agree with that. sticking yeah. point for someone else. <laughs> yeah. That's right. not me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, honestly, like, I mean, I-, I obviously like doing the podcast with my mom and things like that. She's okay. <laughs> but um, I like, it's kind of taken on a life of its own that I enjoy the most about it. And that's just like all of you guys and having this kind of what I feel now is like an actual book club where people can chat about the books and um, kind of add their input and make comments and um, recommend. And, and so that's been kind of like the surprising thing that I've enjoyed the most about doing the podcast. So um, yeah. Yeah. I'll put in a plug for the Facebook group because I think the Facebook group is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's Mm -hmm. like our happy, that's our happy corner of Facebook. Like I kind of don't tell people, like, I'm like, oh, I'm never on Facebook unless it's for my romance. (laughs) Then I'm on it all the time. time. (laughs) But like my algorithm now is only romance stuff and it's, you know, our group and other, a couple of old friends. I never see their stuff anymore because I've never commented on it. Surprisingly, (laughs) my life goes on. So, right. And I'm okay with it. Uh, Okay. So what is a book you would like to see us do on the show that like maybe one that you've added to the polls and it never makes it. Uh, Although I I know Whiteout was one of that for you, right? I I recommended Whiteout. Yeah. Um, So I'm glad people seem to like it and maybe some people will give it a shot after listening. Yeah. Um, I think trying to think what, uh, I would like, I feel like a lot of the, the yeah, the bride would be a very good one. Um, I think maybe a Sarah McLean, um, her newest series I really enjoyed. And I know she has another, you know, one coming out this summer. Mm -hmm. The bare knuckle bastards or the, yeah, uh, I like the bare knuckle bastards. And And I know brazen and the beast got up there and I didn't, I, you know, I try to usually put people that we haven't Mm -hmm. done a lot. Um, but I was, I was kind of thinking it would be fun for us to do because I freaking love a rogue by any other name. And that oh, was also so like the first full romance that mom listened to. So I was thinking that could be like a fun revisit because, you know, and yeah. that was her first is still funny to me. <laughs> um, but it was just one of the only audiobooks that I had because um, I love that book so much. But yeah, I love, I love her books and I'm excited for her new series. I think it looks. I am too. Yeah. I think Serafina, well, I think for... is the first book. Yeah, right. It's, it's one, one of the, the Talbot, Talbot sisters. sisters. Yeah. yeah. The one who has been like in the books with Caleb. Um, yeah. The American who comes yes. over. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so I'm, I, I think there's a lot of books coming out this summer that you'll see when you do the poll, I'll be like, we should read this. In the I know that's what now <laughs> I just kind of go through like the, when I'm kind of trying to figure out books to put on, to start the polls, I'm like, okay, 
what books are coming out that everybody is going to want. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, okay, so Sally Thorne has a new book coming out. Yeah. That's obviously probably going to go on there. Um, Sometimes it's hard though, because like people won't listen to the podcast until they've been able to read the book. And so our numbers look really low until more people. Well, mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who want us to do older books that are easier to get from libraries and things like that, which I, I get. Cause not everybody yeah, we has, try to, we try to mix it up. Not everybody has a sponsor who pays for their Kindle account. Um, and... <laughs> An executive producer. Yeah. yeah that's small. That's yeah. Thing. I, there's definitely some older ones, you know, that, that would be good. We've got you know, things that you coming up. By Lisa that's Kleipis. such a good, good book. I've read it, but it's been a long so time. Good. It was definitely in my early days of romance reading when I read yeah. it. One of my favorite older Kleypas, uh books is Suddenly You. Um, love that one. I think I've read that one. See, because has, Lisa Kleypas yeah. is such like a classic. <laughs> yeah. When I first started reading romance, everything was like, you got to read Lisa Kleypas, you got to read Julia mm-hmm. Quinn. And so I read those like right when I started. And now it's just been a long time since I've... And that's the ones you had me read right when I started. That's true. So mm-hmm. that is. Yeah. Got her started on the good stuff. But I'll have to think about for the next poll, some books that have been out for a little while that people might be able to easily get, get. from their library. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's some good ones. There I'll is put, good ones out I'll there. I'll put some thought. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking um, The Raven Prince by Elizabeth Hoyt. Like I know a lot of people love that book and I liked that book a lot. Um, and it's kind of... Like, and we haven't done an Elizabeth Hoyt, I don't think, on the show. We have. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, there's there's a lot like that. Um, okay, Jess, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. And well, thank you for having me. Oh, it's been fun. Why out with us? Um, okay. Thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us on April 5th for The Philadelphia Story, the movie, it's not a book, um, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Welcome, Ellen. Thanks, Jess. Bye, Jess. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.